This podcast addresses death, difficult emotional content, and contains profanity. Listen with your own motherfucking discretion. (laughs) (laughs) Get your kids. This is Grief After Dark. Three and a two and a do do do. (laughs) Hi, Dee. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to bonus episode three. Uh, Last bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. It was bound to happen. I don't know who started calling these a boner sode first, but now I'm very used to saying it. You know who it was. Was it you? It wasn't me. Was it it Tim? It was was Tim. (laughs) It was Tim. (laughs) We've been referring to these as boner sodes, and now I almost just said it on accident, and I didn't want to sound like a 12-year-old boy today, but I'm going to. Last bonus episode... Uh, was my chance to shamelessly self-promote my jewelry company, Moonstar Charms. Today, we are here to honor Dee and some really incredible, amazing things that she's built. Take it away. Tell me everything. Wow. Where to start? I guess, you know, I've always been an artist. I decided that I was going to start making art when I was little. And um, I saw Michael Jackson perform at the at the Motown concert, but I, I had always, you know, just been deeply in love with Michael Jackson anyway, where he performed Billie Jean for the first time mm. and he threw his hat ah. and then he moonwalked. And I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. You know, I had really decided that that was like going to be my life and performing and I'll be darned. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was my life. So I joined a choir after that. And, and again, I was six years old. And then I got into um, the theater at school. I got into the choirs at school. I got into the drill team at school. Uh, I also played basketball for a while. I played um, softball for a while. I did a brief stint with a band in high school got to perform all over LA for a while. It was a really well-known band at the time and they were related to another well, <laughs> really well-known band that I'm going to not name right now because it's not important. You know, some tragedy struck here and there and I stopped performing for a long time and um, decided that I wanted to learn some other things. So in my very early 20s, um, a very dear friend of mine taught me how to paint and how to draw a little bit and was really mentoring me. Every Tuesday we would play tennis and go eat eggs and waffles with (laughs) whipped cream. (laughs) And then we would go to her home and we would draw or paint or read or you know, study different types of art. And she is definitely like a sister to me. You know how you get to choose your family sometimes. This mm-hmm. family kind of chose me and I chose them too. It's like a video game. You get to meet these really amazing characters along the way and they give you something, a tool to help you throughout the rest of the game or your life or whatever it is. And she's definitely one of those inspirations for me. And I, and I really kind of owe everything of why all my stories come together right now to her. So it was my early 20s. And then I picked up a camera when I was 13 or 14. 
and was mentored by my uncle for a long time, who used to be the official photographer for the sheriff's department in Los Angeles County. He helped me with all of my school projects while I was doing photography in school. He, he would let me use all of his equipment. He would put up his backdrops for me and stuff. So that was how I picked up photography. So I was really young and I've been taking pictures ever since. Like I never stopped taking pictures, even though I haven't had a lot of gallery time. I've always been taking photos. I've done a few weddings, a few things. And then I became uh, an officiant. <laughs> so I'm celebrating my 13th year as an officiant. And no um, kidding. No kidding. I know the lucky 13. Wow. And I've done, I've officiated weddings and one funeral, uh, which was my daughter's. And then, um, oh gosh, I danced forever. Yeah. Forever. Uh, every kind of dance and ballroom and Latin dances were my very favorites. So I do the, I used to do those the most. And then, of course, hip hop was just in my blood. So <laughs> that's just kind of you, a no brainer for me. And then, goodness, I don't even know how many years we're coming up on with Adventures of Grief Girl because it kind of just seems like it's part of my life and part of what I've always been doing. And I get these little epiphanies that just come to me while it seems odd that I am using my personal stories in a lot of my art. I think it's the, probably the most authentic art that I've ever made. Everybody could find me at Adventures of Grief Girl on Instagram. My website will be up in a couple of months because, you know, I'm just dragging ass or whatever. And I'm technically challenged. And aside from Adventures of Grief Girl, I do a lot of momming. And we homeschool our kids. We have, uh, with our two surviving children, they're lifetime homeschoolers. Uh, our eldest went to the deaf school. So we're really busy with that. But also I was homeschooling my son at the time as well, because they were kind of teaching me how to teach her. So I, they're in essence, just teaching me how to teach. And so that's really how it went. It was, they were teaching me, I was teaching him and it it was just a very natural movement into homeschooling for me. And we do a lot of project-based learning. So every project that we do here in the Farm and Garden Project, the kids are always involved. They're doing math. They're doing the science. They're doing the chicken care. They are, you know, mini veterinarians. <laughs> and, you know, my, I call my son the undertaker because every time these chickens die, I'm like, you got to bury them. Or you got to take care of them. You got to take care of this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's the J Dragonfly. And what we're moving towards with that is producing a series of adventure books, adventure guides for Black kids. And so I'm really kind of excited about this next endeavor that we're doing is going to be self-publishing and um, creating with the kids really detailed projects. What kind of adventure guide? Well, we call our son Fox King. His sister gave him the sign name Fox. And then somebody on the internet 
<laughs> decided he is the fox king. And so it just stuck. And he's like the animal whisperer. So the concept of the book is that he will be our adventure guide, the fox king, and he'll be his regular self. And then once he goes out into the world, into the wilderness or whatever, he'll become the fox. And then the fox will introduce us to all of his friends. And all of his friends will eventually have a separate book in the series. So he's going to be talking about our neighborhood here in our state. And then in the back of the book, it'll be an activity guide for other kids to list all the things in their state and, and look for, you know, animal tracks, learn how to tie knots, learn how to plant a garden with very simple materials. So you don't have to use the fanciest of everything. So really like cute little guides about that. We were running a little chicken class with one of our friends, the, uh, urban agri kids, they are amazing. They're working in a garden in Georgia, a historic garden. And so we've partnered with them sometimes and, you know, do little did you know videos. And like we're, we're just really big on education over here. We love to learn mm-hmm. things. So we do a lot of science projects in order to keep ourselves accountable. We give our things little names. So our kitchen is the Area 5 Chemistry Lab. That's <laughs> where we do. A lot of stuff. We set things on fire. Do not try that at home. Um, <laughs> we, we really just kind of, you know, go all in with the kids. And it's... Well, and it's, it's such fun learning. And it is. art incorporated. In- oh, my gosh. We do everything. Like, we do the science, the technology, the math, the art, the... We do it, the engineering. Like we're building I guess I things. Feel, I feel like it's art-centric because it's so creative what yeah. you're doing. It's really creative, fun learning. Yeah. So you performed for years. Yes. Did you get nervous? I would get nervous like weeks before a thing. So like if I was booked on a show or something, I would know probably like weeks beforehand and then I would panic about it. But when it's time and the lights come on, it's showtime. We don't have time for anything else. And it's my time to just enjoy myself. And (laughs) I know, like, I don't want to be spoken to regularly on the street or whatever, but like, if I'm on stage and I'm in, if I'm in it, so that's just where I'm at. I have no restrictions there. It's about performing. It's about entertaining. I love to entertain folks and I've always loved to entertain folks whether it was a dinner party or I'm singing somewhere Mm -hmm. but now that I'm in my elderly years yeah (laughs) I like um, I know let's not start I've got a couple years on you and I would like to not go the elderly route of conversation right 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 Um, young and supple (laughs) I really just I have to be in the mood and it has to be something that really strikes me so I was in a circus and that was really a wonderful experience and it helped a lot with my grief and moving it through my body because you have to be present you cannot be on a trapeze and wander off in your mind or you can't be on stilts and you know wander off it's like you need to be in your body to do what you're doing I've had 
you know, a long stint in the circus and it was really, really beautiful. Stilting has brought a lot to my art, which, <laughs> you know, I never, I never would have thought of it, honestly, but I was really excited about getting a new skill. So, you know, that's one thing I, I am a collector of skills. So if there is a skill that draws me, I want it. I'm going to really pick it up quickly. I will attest to that. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to run with it and I'm going to see how that thing works. I'm going to see how fast it goes. I'm going to see how far I can push this. Like what is this? And do I want to keep doing it for a long time? And you are always, I feel like you're always working on an exhibit. Like you, you're always <laughs> at a fine art piece or seven in the works all the time. I guess I do. I don't know. I feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> yeah. You just rattled off like 18 different things that you did before <clears throat> you were 20. And that's, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, it is. I, I don't have a. I don't have that mechanism in my brain that says that I can't do something. It's I don't have enough time to do all the things, and that's what holds me up. Is is the com- commitment to time. <laughs> so that's kind of the plight of a passionate person, right? There's not enough hours in the day for all the shit you really like to do. Yeah, I I mourn so much, so many projects that like I I wish that I could do. I'm just an idea factory shit. Like if y'all need an idea, call me. We can sit down for two good hours. You will have a whole ass project fleshed out or two or three, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and I referenced Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And a lot of people really feel that ideas are living sort of entities, invisible things that sort of float around in the ethers and attach themselves to something, somebody who can make them manifest. So hopefully the ideas that you absolutely if they'll find somebody else to make them, you don't got to do all the things. All of the different angles of performance that you were in, mm-hmm. even with circus, can you think back to one of your absolute favorite performance experiences? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I will have to say there's a couple. It was when I got to see Michael Jackson live and I almost died. <laughs> they could have just collected my body, just <laughs> took me right on <laughs> home to meet the Lord. Um, because again, regardless of, of like whatever was going on in his personal life, um, I don't know cause I wasn't there, but his work ethic, his love, his creativity, everything that he gave us, that was genuine and pure. And to be able to witness that up close <laughs> before I was 20, that was pretty amazing. Like, um, probably... Being able to dance and be taught by Denon and Saber Rawls, who did the choreography for uh, John Travolta film mm. and various Broadway productions. Mm. Um, they were just unstoppable forces of, of like beauty and like creativity and love. And they really were giving out some excellent life skills 
advice <laughs> while, which by the way, we should link Denon Rawls's book because it's, it's full of all the, all the things and all the shit he used to talk during dance class. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And then I definitely have to say the various occasions that I got to be on the Wayne Brady show because like Wayne Brady is probably one of the funniest people that I've <laughs> been able to witness. And then from there, you know, performing with whoever was on the show at the time. Um, yeah. He, he, he really inspired me to mm-hmm. go full out and, and just be good at your job no matter what. Right. And amongst the 5 billion things that you're working on right now, mm-hmm. what is one of your favorite projects that you're working on right now? Well, grief after dark. Yeah. <laughs> such a good answer (laughs) (laughs) right um let's see I so definitely this podcast has been amazing and then I am working on an exhibit I have a small piece in a larger exhibit by Nikesha Breeze which I definitely need to talk about because it's coming up here pretty soon it opens on April 30th here in Santa Fe at Form and Concept and there's just you know it's sure to be the event of the season, if I must say so myself. And it comes out of Earthseed Black Arts Alliance and um, we'll put a link to them on the internet as well. We have such powerhouses in this Black Arts Alliance and it's just an honor, honestly. She's asked us to create some hand tools to take to the future with us. So I will not do this justice, but we will link this (laughs) in the episode guide. It's called Hand Tools of Resilience, and it's about the arc of return. And so what she has planned for her portion of her exhibit, it's incredible. The concept alone is, it's so, so cool. I Mm -hmm. cannot wait to see it. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's inspired me to even pick back up some other projects that I had put down. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do this. And the call came out and I was like, oh, she's knocking on my door, basically. Oh, she's talking to me. (laughs) Oh, do I have to answer this? And so, you know, once I was like, yes, then things just started to come together. It got me back into blacksmithing, which again, it was one of those things that I kind of just picked up and, I had an incredible teacher and um, I will always be thankful for that. So like, we're going to be in a gallery now. (laughs) Like I never, honestly, that's another thing. I never would have thought that I would be forging my own. The magic of just starting. (laughs) I never, I didn't think I was going to be a jeweler. Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't try something you're interested in, you never know how far it can take you. These things can be really wonderfully unpredictable and surprisingly successful. Exactly. That but part. I- yeah, you you are, I mean, I am a huge fan of your art. You're such a prolific artist and you're going to make me cry. I just, I'm very inspired by you. And you really do live, you, what's that term? (laughs) You walk the fuck, you art the art. 
I art the art. You art the art. You don't just talk about it. You make the things. If you don't know how to do it, you figure it out. And I just, I am incredibly inspired by you. So thank you for bringing your art into this world. Thank you for appreciating Mm. that. I mean, you know, it's not always the prettiest. And I mean, by all means, I can just do some really detailed things. But like most of the things that I take out are more rough and they're more like the raw energy than they are the detailed perfectionist energy. Right. Which is took me a long time to let go of because, you know, perfectionism is unrelatable. You know, but authenticity that's where you get people. While it's fine to want to have a really lovely streamlined project, all the projects don't have to be that. And so start, like you said, <laughs> like you referenced before, Big Magic. Folks, read that book. I've I've definitely been trying to like encourage people to do that in offering in the grief guide and the coaching and and like I said if you need ideas call me up and we'll set aside some time (laughs) because yeah there's no shortage of ideas like I just pluck them out of the air like I am always very shocked when people don't do this like I don't understand how you're not doing it there's such an abundance everywhere (laughs) well I think it takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of practice to build up the self-confidence to get started but mm-hmm. unless you practice it, you're just going to be talking. You're not going to be That's exactly the art. it. So. Right. You're not going to be arting the art. So get out there, art the art, and um, enjoy your life. The, the wide world of art by Dianaya and Adventures <laughs> of Grief Girl. Yeah. Uh, links on the website, griefafterdark.com. Um, thanks for being here, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And thanks for sharing, D. Cheers. Cheers.